Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Labor Day. Yes, it is September 5th, 2022. We are previewing week one of the 2022 NFL season. Couldn't be more happy about it. My name is Michael Nazareth. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, I know a very excited uh, good buddy of mine, <laughs> Chris Rito, veteran fantasy writer, co-host of Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. Like you said, I am indeed very excited. It's good to be talking about real football games. It's good not to be worrying about whether COVID is going to cancel a game for the first time in a few years. Uh, I don't really think that's much of a threat. So, man, I'm really looking forward to, to the game getting started. There's some great games, some great matchups this weekend. Yep. Uh, we're really excited about everything, and we're also excited about everybody is still doing drafts. I've gotten my two uh, main event teams in the Fantasy Football Players Championship uh, drafting online. Uh, my uh, my co-manager couldn't make it out here, uh, unfortunately, because of COVID and all. So we'll be drafting online. Hopefully next season we'll be drafting once again in the Howard Halls down there at Planet Hollywood on the Strip. Uh, uh, live at least one uh, one one uh, one draft on Friday night. Uh, my draft's going to be on Tuesday tomorrow. You've got a draft tomorrow. That's the reason why we're here with you, uh, great people, on Monday night. Uh, uh, we've got to just move the schedule around. Starting next week, we're going to go Tuesday night, of course, at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific. Anyway, you can find uh, my uh, FFPC at myffpc.com. There's still some uh, openings, the main event, the live down here on the strip. If you want to fly in and draft uh, with a whole bunch of great people, or you can draft, of course, online. The first team's 2K. The second team is uh, 1,600. Uh, this is not for the average folk, but uh, you've got a chance to win a million dollars. And also, if you uh, want to just draft in regular drafts and, and maybe pay uh, 35 bucks, 77 dollars, 100, 125, 150 something like that, then uh, my FFPC is the place to be. Anyway, let's uh, go right to the news and notes. And the first thing we want to do is mention to everyone that uh, one of my golden rules in week one is always start your studs, uh, you know, because don't take a, a good matchup uh, over a, uh, with a mediocre or a decent player over a stud who's just having to have a bad matchup because uh, that you, you're going to end up regretting that decision. But the question here is, Chris, what about Matthew Stafford and his full elbow issue uh, no limitations. He practiced today. Everything's good. But they're playing uh, Buffalo. Uh, it's got one of the best defenses in the league. I know you're going to talk more about that in detail, but the fact here is that uh, with Stafford, do you consider sitting him because of the matchup here? 
What do you think? I, I th- well, I think you might only because from what I've seen so far this year, Matt Stafford has not been being drafted in the top 12 quarterbacks in many, many leagues, which means unless you're in a bigger than 12-team league, you probably didn't draft him as your starter. So you have somebody else, maybe equivalent or even way better. Uh, I know a lot of people – drafted Matt Stafford as their second of two quarterbacks around a turn where they got maybe the, the 10th and the, the 12th, the 10th and the 14th quarterbacks off the board. Maybe you already have an Aaron Rodgers or a Derek Carr or, or Russell Wilson or one of the other low-end number one starters. In that case, you've got somebody nearly equivalent, so you're still starting a stud. Now, if you have Stafford and a guy that you drafted much later, uh, then it's a little bit iffier unless you've got a guy with a really, really good matchup. Uh, that's going to override it. I think I agree with you. You start your studs if at all possible. Yeah, I'm just looking here, and I had the FEC team, and I drafted Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, so I will be starting Joe Burrow <laughs> this week. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to some of the key injuries and such. Uh, one thing, big news per se in terms of no trades, been very quiet in the NFL in the past three or four or five days, which is a good thing for guys like us uh, so we don't have to move players around in late uh, rankings and such while we're still writing the newsletter and getting all this information to you people out there. Um, Chris Godwin coming off that 20 ACL. He finally shed his knee brace in practice today. And, of course, you know, uh, he's going to be playing this coming weekend, hopefully. Uh, but if he does play, uh, do you start him if he plays? Does he come under the stud status there or uh, or, or not? Or do you want to give it a week? What, what would you do, Chris? Yeah, this is a tough one because I went back and looked. In the five leagues I've already drafted so far, and admittedly one was about a month ago, was early this summer, he was drafted as a number three receiver in, in every one of those leagues. That meant despite the potential injury and being out week one, he was still being drafted as a starter. So I think that makes him a stud in most people's minds. However, I, am, I would be a little bit concerned. I would like to see one week under his belt to see his usage because Russell Gage is back healthy. Mike Evans is obviously there. They've got a bevy of tight ends to throw to. Um, I'm not sure that I would feel comfortable unless I didn't have a better option. You know, Most likely, since you drafted him when he was injured, you probably took a better option as number four guy. So I, I would say it's really a 50-50 shot, and it depends on who your fourth guy is. Yeah, if you've got a fourth guy like, say, Christian Kirk or Elijah Moore or somebody like that, uh, especially early early in the season, those guys have kind of climbed up the, the draft charts now. But I would sit Godwin for a week. But, you know, if, if you've got somebody behind him like a, uh, a I don't know, um, Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, somebody like that, uh, um, Jacoby Myers, and I'd probably go ahead and start Chris Godwin in that situation there, but it's a good question. There's an interesting mystery going around in Green Bay right now. Alan Lazard was absent from practice last week, uh, the middle to late last week, for undisclosed reasons, and he was sidelined again today, and it's still undisclosed. Uh, we don't know what's going on, if he's just taking some personal time or whatnot, but um, what's the fantasy impact Let's say you're 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 still drafting. You got a couple of drafts coming up, uh, Chris. Are you going to avoid Alan Lazard because of this strange mystery thing that's going on? Well, I'm I'm certainly not avoiding him, but I would maybe avoid starting him this week. Uh, I don't think he was generally being drafted as a starter anyway. And again, week one, you're probably drafting the guy or starting the guys that you drafted as your starters anyway. Um, I, 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 it's just a weird thing, but it's hard to make heads or tails out of it. But it's since we don't know what's going to happen with Green Bay in the pecking order anyway, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I keep an eye on it. I wouldn't move him on my draft chart, but I would definitely put him to my bench this week in the starting lineup. Okay. Uh, let's move on over to uh, uh, tight end, Zach Ertz in uh, Arizona. 
they just talked to the Cliff Kingsbury today, and he said, hey, he's day-to-day with the calf injury. We hope he's going to play. We're not quite sure. We're just taking it day by day. Uh, fantasy impact on drafting him, uh, Chris. Are you? Uh, he's going uh, more in the middle middle rounds now, uh, kind of sliding. I'm doing a little bit of fade towards the eighth round in the FFPC main event, uh, and that's a tight end premium where uh, tight ends get a, a point and a half per catch. Um, the guys that are waiting on tight ends now are maybe even uh, beyond uh, Ertz there. But what is your take on the situation? Does this scare you at all about him? Uh, I, again, kind of similar to Lazard, it doesn't scare me from drafting him because I think he's still being drafted in that low-end tight end one range with, with some big upside, especially those first six weeks when DeAndre Hopkins is out from a PPR perspective. Um, but – I do have some concerns about playing him this week. It's it's not a great matchup for a tight end anyway, but he also, you know, with, with him not not being, you know, convincingly in the lineup, geez, that's one of the times when you might want to look at, do you have a better guy to start? We were fortunate in Fanex. We drafted both him and Dalton Schultz uh, kind of in that mid-range together, so we have a great option with a pretty decent matchup to play instead of Ertz. A lot of people that drafted Ertz might not, so – that becomes a really tough call. This one could come down to game time. If he's in the lineup, I think you absolutely play him because of the potential for PPR magic there. But um, be ready to start somebody else, I would say. Okay. Uh, we're going to go right uh, into the uh, abbreviated list of injuries and such. If you want to look for a com- uh, com- uh, com- comprehensive list, we have our fourth and one injury reports, part of our premium weekly fantasy newsletter at the site at ffmastermind.com. Check that out. Uh, okay, let's uh, hit it real quick here. Zach Wilson with the knee uh, for the Jets. Most likely uh, not going to play. Uh, haven't ruled him out yet, but it's probably a long shot. They've got Joe Flacco ready to go, so there's not really much of a loss there. Moving to, to uh, running back, Menage Harris with a foot. He played the last preseason game there. He's expected to play. We're going to watch him carefully in the in the in the practices this week and see how that goes there. J.K. Dobbs' status status is still up in the air for the Ravens' torn ACL coming off of that uh, status uncertain. We'll see how he practices later this week. Elijah Mitchell with a hamstring. The 49ers expected to play. Miles Sanders he's on track to play with a hamstring also for the Eagles. Kenneth Walker hernia hasn't been ruled out, but uh, you know I, I'd be very surprised if he actually did play. And, and if you own him, you definitely want to sit him because you probably draft him as a backup and see what happens even if he plays. James Robinson, uh, kind of a feel-good story there. Uh, of course, he had the, the two big years. Uh, he is going to play. Coming off that uh, Achilles injury last year, uh, head coach uh, Doug Peterson said, hey, he's going to play this week. He'll be active. So uh, that's that maybe put a little bit of cap on the ceiling uh, for uh, Travis Etienne, but I wouldn't be afraid to draft Etienne. He's a very dynamic player. Wide receiver Debo Samuel, knee contusion. He will play this week. Russell Gage is on track to play for uh, the Bucks, the hamstring. Deontay John Johnson had that shoulder injury, minor. He's expected to play. Juju Smith-Schuster for Kansas City, knee expected to play. Jalen Waddell, uh, well, uh, he, he practiced today, so he returned, and so it looks like he's on track to play this week. Uh, Drake London also returned uh, with a knee injury for the Falcons. He's uh, probably on track to play this week. And Isaiah McKenzie, uh, undisclosed reasons, turned out to be a groin injury. He practiced fully today, so it looks like he's going to play this week. Uh, for the Giants, they need all the help they can get. Kadarius Tony with the knee leg, uh, he's expected to play in week one. Uh, Michael Gallup, unlikely to play that toward ACL. He may miss multiple weeks there. Uh, moving to tight end real quick, Darren Waller with a hamstring. He's expected to play. He returned to practice last week. Irv Smith, uh, uh, O'Connell, the new head coach, he's confident that he's going to play with that thumb, thumb, thumb injury. He had that surgery. That was about a month ago. He's ex- uh, on track to play. Uh, Albert O in uh, Denver, lower body injury, expected to play. And the last thing is, uh, last one is Logan Thomas, 
torn ACL. His status is uncertain, but he says that he's going to play week two if he doesn't play in week one. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. All right. Uh, we urge everyone to go to our website, ffmastermind.com. We're still uh, posting uh, pre-NFL quick bits, all the, uh, the news around uh, the NFL. All of our injury bits have gone premium for our weekly in-season fantasy newsletter subscribers. Uh, and, of course, uh, our draft guide, uh, well, before I get to that, uh, we are posting free Eye in the Sky scanning reports from our scouts, including uh, those on the Colts uh, from Chris Rito, uh, posted his uh, week, uh, week one preview. Uh, check that out free on the site. Of course, for our uh, subscribers, the Masters List Customizable Cheat Sheet, MCP Board, and EDM uh, Executive Draft Master have all been updated uh, last couple of days here. Final version 7 of the preseason draft guide released last Friday had included 27 fantasy articles, 518 pages, really uh, easy reading. <laughs> Don't be overwhelmed by the number of pages there. It's 1995, um, and of course, our premium rights uh, Pro Bowl package, uh, which is the guide plus weekly newsletters. All the uh, we are doing two, more, one more uh, rankings update tomorrow, and then another one if needed if some somebody uh, gets hurt in practice or whatnot. Just for everyone drafting all the way up to. Th- Thursday or beyond Thursday, like they do in the FFPC. Uh, Pro Bowl package is $49.95. That's everything except the Executive Draft Master. If you add that in there, it's Super Bowl package, $59.95. The newsletters by themselves are $39.95, a little over $2 a week. I think it's a pretty good deal. You can try this out. And follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind. And guess what, people? Yes, it's time of the year again. Week one's picks to click and flick. These are guys that you want to consider starting not flicking completely off your roster or flicking back to your bench or keeping them on your bench since it is week one. Uh, Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. I love famous Jameis Winston this week. I know he's coming back from an injury. He's probably got a lot to prove. But the big key here is that he's got just better receiving weapons than he's ever had and an opponent that gave up the fourth most touchdown passes and the sixth most quarterback points per game last year, even though they were trailing in a lot of their games. That's kind of crazy. And maybe most of all, this guy just has a ludicrous history against Atlanta. He just loves playing these guys. After his rookie year, he's thrown three-plus touchdowns in six of his seven games against Atlanta and has averaged 300 yards and 20 rushing yards in those seven games. And in three career games in Atlanta, which is where they're playing this weekend, he's averaging 330 and four touchdowns. So, I mean, the guy just loves playing there. And then I like Matty Ice this week. A lot of people are down on him for fantasy because of the expected low volume. And the Texans last year actually allowed amongst the lowest volume passing in the league, but they still allowed a top 10 points per game to quarterbacks. 
And they've really struggled at home to contain Colts quarterbacks for the last five years through many different styles and quarterbacks. So I look at Ryan's personal history in road openers. He's gone over 300 yards in eight of his 10 road openers in the last decade, and he's averaging 303 in his last three road openers. So with the Texans focusing on Jonathan Taylor, he should have room to operate this week and have one of his better fantasy games of the year. Great return on investment for a low-rent option. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week at Jalen Hurts. Uh, lots of uh, press about Hurts uh, last year. Uh, you know, he kind of faded a little bit. He was hurt. Uh, but this year they're really uh, excited about him, and he got a new toy in A.J. Brown. You, of course, you got Devonta Smith there. Still Quez Watkins as well as Dallas Goder. Uh, but guess what? He's playing the Detroit Lions this week, so it's a no-brainer. If you got Hurts, you're going to put him in your lineup, and he should light him up for multiple scores. The other guy, uh, revenge play, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Yeah, you knew the NFL was going to do this, right? Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, no Tim Patrick, but, you know, K.J. Hamler, uh, Albert O., and, of course, the, the dynamic duo of Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon should provide the Broncos with plenty of opportunities to score in this game. And I think Russell Wilson's going to light it up. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. So if you've got Wilson, don't be afraid to start him in Seattle on Monday night. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week uh, in that same game, Geno Smith. He's going to start against Denver. Denver's defense very underrated. They've improved it this off season, And uh, it's just somebody that I'm not even going to be in my top 20, probably not top 25 <laughs> for the week. Uh, so it's kind of a no-brainer. And the other guy is someone that was drafted in the middle rounds of a lot of drafts that I don't have very much confidence in because he really struggled this off season or this this preseason. Trey Lance for San Francisco. Uh, he's got a matchup on the road against Chicago. May not kind of look that tough on paper, but until this guy does something that warrants me starting him for sure, uh, I'm not a believer. So I'm going to sit him against Chicago this week. How about uh, you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about, and why? Well, I'm looking at Mac Jones. I mean, games in Miami have been Bill Belichick's personal waterloo for the entirety of his career, and his teams have always posted very uncharacteristically low passing totals. And that was with some guy named Brady for most of those years that you might be familiar with. You take a second-year quarterback, you sprinkle in a sputtering preseason passing game with a former defensive coach as a play caller. This is a recipe for an underwhelming performance across the board. He was mediocre. Mac Jones was in the opening game last year and the closing game last year against Miami in two losses. And I just can't expect more at this point. So, again, nobody drafted him as a starter, and there's been no major injuries to require his use this week. But I'll tell you right now, if something happens to my starter between now and Sunday, and i got to think about playing Mac Jones, I'm picking Goff off the waiver wire to start instead. Uh, and then uh, speaking of Goff, the guy he replaced, Matt Stafford, is my caution play of the week. I think the arm injury thing is way overblown. But I do think there's a likelihood they're not going to let him sling the ball 50 times in the opening week because of it. The big thing is the Bills' defense really is that good, especially in the passing game. Believe it or not, they only allowed a microscopic 12 passing touchdowns last year. I don't even know how that's possible in the modern NFL, especially when your offense is making teams play catch-up and trying to score. They only allowed five passing touchdowns in eight games against playoff teams last year. That's just ridiculous. Caution play for Matt Stafford this week. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? Well, he's a no-brainer starter anyway, but I love Joe Mixon. I think he's going to be the top play of the week if, you know, Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing the woeful Texans. For all the talk about Burrow and the young wideouts, it was Mixon that kind of flew under the radar a bit, and his 18 touchdowns last year paved the path to the Super Bowl. Mixon throttled the Steelers twice last year, and this year he gets a vastly improved offensive line and a weakened Pittsburgh team. This should be a heavy dose of mixing with even bigger holes. I think he's going to post monster opening week numbers. 
And then a sneakier play down from down on your bench is Kenneth Gainwell, especially in PPRs. He's carved out at least a role in the passing game in Philly. And with Miles Sanders, I don't believe, has practiced since August 25th, and a lukewarm and uncertain comment about his availability by Sirianni, plus a waiver claim of Trey Sermon, I, I, I think that Sanders may or may not even be in uniform on Sunday. At least Gainwell and Boston Scott to face the Lions D that was second most generous to opposing run game and allowed a league-high eight receiving touchdowns to running backs last year. I like Gainwell to get the most high-value snaps in this offense if Sanders is out of the way. Yeah, there's also rumor there that Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the, the red zone, uh, the uh, you know goal line yeah. back, so there you go. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Travis Etienne makes his NFL debut because of his foot injury last year. We didn't get to see him other than in a few preseason games. Well, uh, they're playing the Commanders this, this year, and I know the Commanders have an okay defense, but I think this is a showcase time for Etienne. I think he's going to burst on the scene here. He's going to score his first NFL real touchdown against the Commanders. Uh, so if you've got Etienne, you're going to start him, and you should have a good day out of it. And then the guy that everyone was talking about rocketing up the draft charts, uh, Damian Pierce, uh, the rookie in Houston. Uh, they're so pleased with him that they actually cut Marlon Mack off the practice squad for Chris Conley today. Uh, and uh, you just got Rex Burkhead behind him. He's going to catch a lot of passes, uh, but it's going to be the Damian Pierce show. And uh, he's going to get a lot of volume. And I know the Colts defense is pretty good at taking away uh, turnovers and such, but they can give up yards. Uh, and I think Pierce is going to score, uh, has a good shot to score, get a lot of yards in this game. Uh, so you got him, start him as your flex play, or, or you start three running backs. I've, I've been drafting him as an RB3. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, the, the, the Raiders, tough going against the Chargers in an RBBC. Uh, they get around the goal line there, probably throwing short touchdown passes to Devontae Adams. That's his specialty. That's going to take away opportunities from Josh Jacobs. And the other one is kind of the caution play of the week, uh, the Ezekiel Elliott, because they're playing the Bucks. Bucks just stuff, run stuff them. Stuffed them last year, and they should stuff them again this this year. Now, uh, what uh, Chris passed along this to me, uh, some information here uh, from the offensive line about Tyron Smith, who's out with a big injury. He says apparently uh, the Cowboys averaged 5.4 yards per carry when Tyron Smith was on the field, as opposed to 4.3 when he's not over the last three seasons. That's a whole yard, more than a yard more. Last year it was actually 5 to 4. And so the only thing is that uh, obviously uh, the Cowboys ponied up some money and uh, signed 40-year-old Jason Peters to fill in until Smith can hopefully return later in the year. But this week they're going against the Bucks' tough rim defense, so you're probably going to start Zeke. But if you get anything more than 60, 70 yards and maybe a catch or two, uh, you know you're going to it's it's going to be you know. Uh, praying, you know, for a score. I don't think he's going to score, but, you know, that's what happens there. Anyway, how about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why. Yeah, I don't like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, the Cardinals very sneakily allowed a league-low six rushing touchdowns and seven total touchdowns to running backs last year and among the fewest points per game in the position. When you couple this with the atrocious weakness in their secondary and their very generous nature in the passing game, I suspect the Chiefs will be even more than happy to let Patrick Mahomes handle the ball more than CEH. Um, the fact is he's not even assured of the lion's share of the touches in a mediocre RBBC means that the smaller part of a smaller pie is ready to be served this week, and I'm staying away. I, mean, I don't like Corderell Patterson. Uh, the two games against the Saints last season were Patterson's two lowest rushing totals of the year. He totaled 13 carries for only 21 yards on the ground without a score. And the Saints were the second-hardest team to score fantasy points as a running back, stingy on both the ground and in the air. So with a few new passing targets, 
a new rookie running back to garner some snaps, and a quarterback with a little bit of running potential. I think this looks like a good week not to spot start this gadget player hoping for his typical slash stat line. Okay. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, I like the old man, Adam Thielen. Uh, for all the deserved hype around Justin Jefferson and the new Vikings offense, drafters seem to have totally dismissed Adam Thielen. Uh, I don't think this is the week to do that. Besides the fact that Thielen has been the primary red zone target and touchdown target for Kirk Cousins in the Je- Jefferson era, there is no surer bet than Thielen playing the Packers in Minnesota. The last four full home games he has played in this rivalry have seen him get an average of eight catches for a buck three and a touchdown, and he's totaled 14 catches for 192 and three touchdowns in the two games with Justin Jefferson across from him. You know who Green Bay is going to focus on, gonna, on J.J., so I'll take the other really talented guy to be the beneficiary. Mark down in ink that Thielen finds Pater this week, in my opinion. And I like Christian Kirk uh, in a situation. Trevor Lawrence came out of the gate hot as a rookie on the road against a weak opponent last year, primarily finding his main weapons down the field. This year he gets to open with the team that allowed the most passing touchdowns and fantasy points per game to quarterbacks uh, this year, again on the road, with a, net, a better primary weapon this year. He looked great in the preseason joint practices, hooking up with Lawrence from several spots in the field, the slot and deeper throws. So I expect Christian Kirk to feast on the commander secondary in the same way, get double-digit targets and post high-end wide receiver two numbers at worst this week. Okay, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. I like the new boy over in Philly, A.G. Brown. Uh, guess what? They're playing the Lions, and, of course, the same reason I like Jalen Hurts. It's the same reason I like A.G. Brown. He's healthy, and he's going to thrive against this uh, overmatched secondary score in this game, so obviously you're going to start him. He should produce well for you. The other guy uh, <clears throat> that I like, Baltimore, Rashad Bateman. Yep, uh, I think he's going to get his uh, score, uh, first score against the Jets this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson trying to get that contract <laughs> this week, but I think he's going to hit Bateman uh, at first score. He also throw one to, to Andrews. It's no problem there. Uh, so I'd start Bateman and Brown this week. A couple of guys I'd uh, flick off my starting roster. Devonta Parker, uh, New England, for the same reasons that uh, Chris said to mention, uh, don't play Mac Jones. You probably drafted Parker as a depth player anyway. Well, they're playing uh, the uh, Dolphins, uh, and they don't really have an identity in terms of what his role is going to be. Is going to be just deep threat. Uh, number one may still be Jacoby Myers. Uh, sit him, and, and let's see what uh, Parker can do. And if they struggle, uh, then you, you probably want to sit him until he does something. And then, of course, Mr. Bad vibes all the way around. Uh, somebody uh, called him a mannequin in practice. Uh, Kenny Galladay for the Giants. Uh, yes, Chris, you and I drafted him. That's the only time I drafted him uh, this summer as a, what, a five or a six. Uh, bad vibes all the way around. Uh, sit him until he does something. Hopefully he plays and scores. Otherwise, it's going to go down as the, the worst free agent signing in the history of the New York Giants. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, just concerned about all that. Uh, anyway, uh, how about a uh, couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, come on, it's the Giants. You know they'll screw up eventually down the road even worse. But <laughs> cool. uh, I'm going to start with Rondale Moore. He's a little bit of a caution play with very lowered expectations. His undisclosed injury still has him mostly off the field. No guarantee he's going to play a full complement of snaps on Sunday. He was a strong DFS play by many due to the absence of Hopkins and the other free agent losses, but I'm going to be cautious that he might have very limited availability this week. I want to see him healthy and actually getting more snaps and touches before I trust him in my lineup. And then another guy is Amari Cooper. I love him as a receiver. I just don't think he's in the best position to succeed coming out of the gate. Uh, the Panthers were one of the best teams in the league, limiting the wide receiver position last year, especially for, for the team's primary target. He coupled us with the likelihood of a low-volume passing attack led by Jacoby Brissett, 
who generally targets the tight end and running back far more, I think you've got a recipe for a very low floor for what should be a primary receiver in the NFL. This is going to be a Chubb game. So chances for success will be few and far between for Amari Cooper in week one, with I think Chubb and Hunt getting a lot of work. Okay, how about tight end? A couple of guys you like and why? Uh, a guy I really don't like this year, but I like this week, is Pat Fryermuth. Uh, there's questions about the Pittsburgh passing offense this year, rightfully so. And it's hard to argue that but it's hard to argue that they're going to have to throw the ball a bit this week against the Bengals. The Bengals allowed among the top ten in every statistical category of tight ends last season and the sixth most fantasy points to the position. They were even worse down the stretch as they let a tight end score a touchdown in seven of their last eight games last year. Fryermuth, as a rookie, scored in each matchup against the Bengals, so in fact he has never failed to find Pater against his key division rival in his career. So uh, and then I really like uh, Austin Hooper this week. AJ and Julio are gone. Woods is recovering from an ACL. Burks is a rookie. This is a very tight end-centric Tannehill facing a giant team that's pretty good at stopping the running back and catastrophically bad against the pass. It should be a blaring attention getter that Tannehill has thrown 25 of his 76 career touchdowns to tight ends in his time in Tennessee, and all 25 of his touchdown passes to tight ends have come in the red zone where he locks in on the tight end. And this is where the defense also locks in on Henry. His extra off-season work with Hooper make him a nice sleeper for tight end one value every week, and this matchup is a real plus possibility for a score. Okay. A couple of tight ends that I like this week. Uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London is kind of injured, may still play. Uh, I think they're going to lean in Pitts at home against the Saints this this week. Uh, probably going to have trouble running the ball, so it's going to be uh, Mariota to Pitts all day Uh they hooked up on one really nice, beautiful pass in the preseason for about 50 yards, and that's gonna you're going to see more of that uh, plenty in the regular season. Dallas Goddard, uh, I think he's going to score on the Lions just like uh, uh, A.J. Brown. <laughs> so you're going to start Goddard, and he'll produce for you this week. A couple guys I'm uh, flicking off my starting lineup this week. Uh, Robert Tanyan coming off that ACL may not even play, but even if he does, he's likely to be limited uh, in, the, in the game, of course, in Minnesota. So uh, not getting good vibes there. Sit him and wait till he actually plays and does something. And Daniel Belger, the rookie in, for the New York Giants, uh, Ricky Fields Jones is gone with the toe injury and all. But uh, Belger is uh, he was coming off a head injury. Uh, wasn't quite sure of whether he was actually a concussed or not. But um, you know, just sit him and wait to see what the Giants can do. Uh, you've probably got him on the tail end of your roster anyway. Hopefully you've got a, a good solid starter. Uh, who's healthy uh, that you can start instead of him. How about you, uh, Chris, a couple of guys at tight end you're not crazy about and why? Here's a couple of guys you should not be starting, even ahead of Bellinger. I'll start with Noah Fant. Uh, the opening week revenge match is a total non-factor for the guys that went from Denver to Seattle. They're just not in a position to do a dang thing about it. Locke isn't starting. His running mate Fant is going to be playing with a heavy, run-centered offense that's being quarterbacked by a subpar game-managing passer. In the three games Geno Smith started last year, the tight ends combined for only four receptions. So with Denver coming off a season in which they allowed a league low two tight end touchdowns, Fant is best left on your bench or maybe even the waiver wire this week. And then I hate Mike Gesicki this week. Um, we talked a lot about how he's going to be mostly a blocker this year with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Chase Edmonds stopping up the bulk of the targets. But uh, in seven career games against his key division rivals, Gesicki has averaged 15 yards per game, and he's never topped 34 yards. He's been blanked twice and only scored one career touchdown. Like I said, most of those years were without all these other great weapons. So you've got a Patriots defense that's allowed the fewest tight end receptions in, in 2021 by far, and you can see why I'm definitely not bullish on Gesicki this week or this year, really. <laughs> 
I agree with you there. All right, sign up for your one-hit wonders, uh, place kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Okay, now, remember the one-hit wonders, for those of you who are new to the show, these are guys that are probably on your waiver wire that you can pick up and stream at kicker or defense for, for one week. Since this is week one, most guys that tend to stream drafted a good matchup guy, so this might be a little bit redundant. But I'm going to start with Randy Bullock. Uh, the Giants allowed the second most field goal attempts and field goals uh, in 2021. Bullock scored double digits more often than not last year as well. This game could be a field goal fest, so I like him. And then uh, the old veteran, Mason Crosby, he's averaging 12.5 points per game in his last six games against Minnesota, and the Vikings allowed the most field goal attempts in the NFL last year. A couple of defenses I like. Uh, I do like Cleveland at Carolina, although I like Carolina to win this game, and I think Mayfield's going to do well in this revenge match. The Browns should know some tendencies that could help with sacks and turnovers. Carolina was top five in sacks allowed and number one in turnovers last year, so they are prone to it. And then I like the, uh, the commanders uh, at home against Jacksonville. They've got a tremendous pass rush, was kind of underperformed in 2021, left them undrafted by a lot of, in a lot of leagues. But even with some seasoning and some new coaching, the Jags are just simply a less talented team than Washington, so I think Washington might surprise all right. We want to remind everyone a premium package purchase uh, also gets you free access to our premium subscribers forum where there are nearly 4,000 subscribers registered and waiting to voice their opinions. Well, uh, we've reached the end of the preseason. Best of luck if you uh, anyone that's still drafting. But the games are about to start this Thursday night. Rams and Bills. Yeah, it's ready for some football. We'll see you all next week. When we offer our week two preview for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazareth. Good night and good luck to everyone still drafting. Woohoo! We're ready for football! Yeah! Football! Football? You know, a yeah. physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!